Today's guest is Russ Victorian. Russ is the founder of Search for Spirits Paranormal Investigation and Healing Team, as well as its online sister organization, Search for Heaven. Russ is a blogger for topics such as the supernatural and Christianity. And Russ has had an amazing out-of-body experience that we're going to learn about today. Russ, thank you so much for joining me and welcome. Thank you. All right. Nice to see you. Yes. <laughs> nice to have you. I'd like to jump right into it. So if you don't mind, let's start on the day of your OBE and tell us what happened. All right. Well, I tell you what, it was shortly before uh, going to bed. I I lay down in the bed and, and every night before I go to bed, I do have a series of prayers. Sometimes I read the Bible a little bit and... After all this occurred, I, I laid down in bed, and I started feeling a little just different. I, I, f I felt like, I don't know if floating isn't the word at this point, but I, I felt like I was lifting. I had a feeling of being lifted, and, and this was an unusual experience for me. I had not experienced that before, but I was laying there, and... Well, I take that back. There was one thing. I did hear what sounded like a voice saying to me, face toward God. So I actually heard these words, and I knew that that meant to roll over onto my back. And so I was on my back, kind of my hands across my chest, and that's where I started to feel this lifting feeling. And at that point... I wasn't sure what I was supposed to be doing. I just kind of closed my eyes and meditated, said another prayer. And I started, I had my eyes closed. So I started to see like behind my closed eyelids, like, like there was movement there that shouldn't be, that normally wasn't there. And I also, I just felt more lifting and um, I felt like my head going back and I'm like, well, this is strange. And if I, if I was lifting in my spirit, which I had a feeling that I was doing something like that. It was odd that part of my physical body was affected for just a short period of time. And as I lifted, my head kind of tilted back a little bit, and that facilitated the movement and the lift where I actually raised up into my spirit and the actual out-of-body experience began. So, and it was... Really quick, I was, and, and, and some people talk about different, uh, like tunnels and different things. I, I didn't feel I was in a tunnel more so than I was in, like, more like space. It was a dark, darker outer space type environment. And I knew and I could feel I was moving. And I was seeing with my eyes. My eyes are open now, per se. But it's not my eyeballs I'm seeing with my spirit. And I'm just moving along. And the timeline is really hard to tell because I, I didn't really look at my clock before, after. And the time on the other side is kind of irrelevant as compared to on Earth anyway. So I was moving along. And suddenly I was like, you know... It's not fair. It's so dark, I thought to myself. I thought eventually maybe I would see some light. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's how you 
like a lot of uh, near-death experiences, people kind of get into an environment maybe where there's some light. And I have a pretty strong faith, but for a second, I'm like, what if what if somebody's bringing me to show me hell? What what if? And I I was very concerned for a short minute, I, like if I would have been in my body. For all I know, my body was hyperventilating back into bed, back at home, you know. But this was very nerve-wracking to me, and I immediately had to go into some type of prayer mode. I said, I got to get control of this environment. And and so I started uh, to focus more. I had the reality to focus, and I just kept saying, trust God, trust Jesus, trust Jesus, trust Jesus. And I said that over several times. I said, he's going to be... He gonna be on. He's gonna be there for me. He ain't gonna leave me hanging anywhere. And and all of a sudden, I passed through this environment, and it was an underground, uh, maybe in a big warehouse of some sort. And it was some type of underground sales thing going on. Um, I I assume it was uh. uh perhaps illegal sales of stuff, why this whole um, event was underneath in warehouses under the ground. And I kind of, I see that for a second and boom, I'm in, then I'm kind of in a tunnel. I go into this tunnel and I come zooming in and boom, it stops. And uh, I'm looking and I, I see on both sides of me, there is a wood fence. And there's one on the left that's pretty close and one on the right that's a little bit farther away. And I just knew that it was my duty to go out and and do something at these fences. But the one on the right was just very bad. It just had a horrible feeling to it. And the one to the left had not quite as horrible feeling. And so... I went to the one on the left and I kind of like I was trying to peek over and I already knew what was inside. It was the den of a demon. And the situation was, is that in the den of the demon, not only was the den of the demon, he had a human in there that he was using the body of this human. And so I'm like, I'm just kind of shooting from the hip because this is all new to me. But in the past, I, I've had dreams and and not out of body, but dreams and visions, which were slightly different, where it was my job to go in and help people. And, and I f- would facilitate crossing over spirits and like I say, that's really a whole nother story. I'm not going to get into that, but I would be lifted and set down in a building or a house. And I just knew I was there to facilitate the crossing of spirits. I would cross them over. Boom, I was back in my bed. And that happens, has happened numerous times. But in this case, I didn't really know what I was supposed to do with this connection. So I start calling the human out. I said, come on out of there. You got to get out of there. And it took a little bit of convincing. And finally, 
the human shows up outside of this fenced in. And it was, like I say, when I say fenced in, it was a square that was probably 12 feet by 12 feet, maybe no more than 18 by 18 of old wood fencing. And uh, the, the dark entity stayed inside of the fence. And the human came out and they separated after I called them out. And I said, come on out in the name of Jesus. And he came out. And he was standing there and he was confused. Like, And I'm assuming I was actually working with this guy's spirit. Though I could see his features. He was dressed quite nicely. Taller fellow. Taller than I am anyway. And uh, he's standing there confused. And I said, you you got you to gotta step away from this. Whatever you're doing... It ain't right, and and it's going to be trouble. And he's kind of like, well, I, I don't even know what you're talking about. And, and I seen he had a a necklace, and it had a cross on it, not cruci- this cross. And it just kind of sparked my interest, and I pointed right at it right away. And I'm like, you knew. You knew at one point. You knew. And when I was talking about it, you knew God, you know? And I'm like, and, and I'm like, what happened? It got a, and you knew, and, and I was really pointing right, I was right up by him, pointing at that cross on his necklace. And as I did that, I don't know if potentially this spirit then went back to its body and was removed from that darkness that it was stuck in, or what exactly happened. I like to think in my mind that that I got the two apart and it worked. And he went back to his body and the darkness stayed there in this little dark hole. And instantly I was moving again. And and I'll tell you what, there was times when I, I had the sensation that I actually was like floating on my body as if my body was the magic blanket, like from TV years. Like there were times I had the sensation that I was on top of my body, but I really don't. I'm sure it was just the spirit moving along. And I went straight from that, straight to that space, spatial darkness, so to speak. And suddenly there was a light and it came over the, all the way over the top of me. It circled all the way around me like it was part, like it was the moon going around the earth and I was like really looking at that I'm trying to identify I almost thought I saw words or something on it but I couldn't make it out I just knew there was some kind of object light that was going around me orbiting around the top of me and then boom I was in a room and in this case I realized that I actually I had a physical presence in this room but the room wasn't like a room like you and I are sitting in right now at all. The, the room had walls, but those walls, you could probably just stick your fingers right through them. You know, they, you, they were visual that you could see something was there, but they weren't physical at all. And I realized uh, right away I'm taking everything in. There's a guy, and he's sitting on the ground, and he's sitting next to me. And I'm 
laying on my back, kind of looking up at him. And behind him is this giant evergreen tree. It's really big. Um, no decorate. It's just an evergreen tree. And right to the right of that was a door and a light switch. And that's the whole scene, really. Everything is right there. So I'm looking at this this guy, and I, he's kind of a jovial fella. Um, he's, you know, kind of smiling and whatnot. He, I, I'm not afraid of him, that's for sure. I'm not afraid at all. And I, I have an assumption that he's an angel. And he kind of leans toward me a little bit, and he reaches out, and he points towards my stomach. And he says, uh, God is in you. He says, God is in there. He says, but, and he kind of leans back a little bit, and this ball appears kind of in front of him. And he says, you have to think more about up there and less about what's going on down here. And when he talked about up there, the ball kind of started glowing. And inside the ball was, for any word short, there was some type of building, somewhat like a castle. Uh, there was, uh, I remember there was gold, but a lot of light. And, and, and in my mind, that ball was an image of heaven in there. And he was indicating I needed to be a lot more focused in my life on heaven and not earth. And I'm like, okay, okay. And there was, you know, there was a point where I was thinking this through. I remember he was just sitting there and I'm trying to think all this through. What does this really mean to me? I mean, what, what, think about heaven. What, I don't even know what that means per se, other than, okay, I'll focus more on what will get me to heaven per se versus, Focusing more on maybe less on earthly things like items or products or even survival. I mean, just encompass yourself in the feeling of heaven and, and, and let the cards fall where they may. And so I'm thinking about all this stuff anyway. I, I probably had a 100 thoughts in about four minutes of time. But all of a sudden, I felt something, and it was on my face, and something else, and I, I'm kind of flicking at it, and I, what, what's, what is on my face? And I realize it's flies, and there's more, <laughs> there's more flies, and it's becoming very concerning to me because, uh, in this case, I, I associate flies with something bad but i don't i don't know why they're there i have no idea and i'm looking at him and he's just looking at me he's got the same expression and i look just beyond him there and i see that light switch on the wall well the place is lighted already with the divine light i mean it, there was already a light presence from the divine, the the idea of turning on a light switch was totally an earth thing, you know? But somehow I thought if, in my mind, I thought if I could just turn on that light, 
I can make this all disappear or something. You know, I can get away from these flies and this feeling I suddenly had. And uh, somehow or another, I didn't recall how I made my way to the light switch, but I made my way there and I flicked the light. So the light turned on and I turned back and I looked at the angel who was still sitting in the same exact spot. And he wasn't smiling quite as broad as he was originally. He looked, but he was just looking at me like, okay, this is the decision you made, so to speak. And within a couple seconds, I mean, just like in a flash, I was back in bed. Everything had ended instantly. And the unfortunate part about it is that I kind of felt guilty about it. I was like, I was just put to test. And I just, I think I just failed the test. He just told me to concentrate more on heaven, less on physical things. And then they kind of, you know, whether it was a test or what it was, these physical flies come around and I didn't trust the light. I didn't trust that I was going to be okay. And I felt like I had failed. <laughs> Long story short, that's how I felt. But uh, the other part about it is, though, that, you know, there's a response to any feeling you have in your heart. And that, that response is to pray, pray about it. And just ask for guidance. And it it didn't take me long. I prayed for a while. And I felt that. Okay. So maybe I didn't shine on that one. But you know what? I learned something. I did learn something. And that was a very valuable learning experience. And I'll never. I always have that to keep. Though a lot of this is something. But I'll say this again. I've had a lot of different experiences out of the body but more from a from a sleep mode per se more of a dream effect and this really was the first one i ever had rob i was wide awake as could be when it happened i mean i was just i was fully aware and i was awake when i came when it ended i was still wide awake in my bed there and uh hindsight i you know maybe i should have checked the time did it last three minutes? Did it last two hours? I don't even know. But uh, I did pray quite a bit after that. I do know that. I do know that I felt a darker presence. And I had to pray to get that darker presence out of there. And I'm sure that was the presence of the flies. And that thing came to me and it had won a little tiny battle. But uh, in the end, I prayed it. I prayed until it was gone. Fell asleep, woke up in the morning, and uh, wrote it all down. <laughs> so that's kind of the story. Um, there was obviously more little details that were fresh in my mind, but it's it's been a little while. But that's it in a nutshell. Thank you, Russ, for sharing that with me. I'm glad that you mentioned that it, you never fell asleep because that was my first question was going to be, do you felt like you fell asleep or were you conscious the whole time? Mm -hmm. But it appears like you were conscious the whole time. It was, and that's what made it so unique mm -hmm. and and so surreal is the fact that, like I say, I've had plenty of experiences 
where I, I kind of, I even feel myself starting to go down and I'll go down into a, almost like a sleep mode and I'll have a vision and then I pop back awake. Mm-hmm. But this one, I was just wide awake. It was one of the only ones where I was wide awake hmm. the entire time. And do you think it's possible that you can describe what the demon looked like? I, you know, I peeked over and I, I knew he was going to be in there. It, whatever. I knew it was going to be inside that fenced area. And I peeked in there. I didn't know what, if it was going to be part human or what. But it wasn't human at all. It was just a muddy looking it, it doesn't, it, I can't even tell you an animal. It didn't represent any animal that I'm familiar with. Um, it was just kind of a f- heavy, it was like a heavier type presence. So, I mean, it took up a lot of, like its face was, I remember, kind of big. And it was just like m- mud is probably the closest mm. thing. I, it was just an ugly, muddy, fleshy thing that I didn't spend much time looking at and I realized right away that I need to get the human out of this element. Were you afraid of the demon? Not for a, not on the one on the left. The one if 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 I would have been working on the one on the right, there was fear in me for what whatever was on the right side in the fenced in area on the right. The one on the left I I felt discomforted but no fear per se. And and I say that, and it sounds unusual perhaps to say, but I have had quite a few experiences um, with that. Uh, I, I, you know, I have run into them both in investigations and have exercised some houses. And, and so it's not unusual for me to have some interaction with demonic type darkness, energies, entities, demons, whatever the reference, whatever they are actually when we will find out when we die. I imagine what all the details are. But uh, I've had plenty of run-ins with darkness, uh, but as well as plenty of run-ins with light too. And uh, it's kind of what they say, the, the higher you, the higher and the brighter and the light you get, the, the more darkness tries to mess with you. You know, I've heard plenty of people say that over the years. Is there anything that you do special to ward off the demons, like pray or something? Yes, there there definitely is a variety of things. Uh, I do. I I don't generally carry physical items, but I do help others with their strength by having some type of blessed item on their presence. And uh, so I don't always, I used to carry more, but I haven't in, in quite a few years now. But uh, definitely um, everything for me right now comes from my faith. And in my, in my mind, I've come to a, a part of my life where I feel like I've been born again in Christ and I have a very tight relationship 
Um, I feel with my faith and with my God and, and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, um, the Holy Trinity protects me. Long story short to your question. I don't no longer carry physical items anymore. Um, but I do use and, uh, and I prescribe holy water to people a lot. And I will do uh, different types of blessings. Uh, I've done it on just about everything. Homes, people, cars. And uh, wherever there's darkness felt, you know, we try to take care of it so others can feel more comfortable in their lives and not have, because it's a horrible feeling. Um, before I was born again, per se, and and I was doing this same type of stuff, there were a couple times where the dark energy got a hold of me. And that feeling is the most horrible feeling in the entire world you immediately go into this complete and utterly sense of defeat. Um, you can hardly get a good thought out of your head. You just feel totally defeated and and worthless and unsuccessful. I mean, just the, the terminology can go on and on forever. I don't think there's a word that can really describe how horrible you feel when a demon gets a hold of you. Mm. And... Uh, and I, I am totally glad that my faith is the answer to that, and it works for me. And I absolutely know that it works for others because we've experienced it many times now. Now, you describe the angel as being a jovial man. Do you think you can give me any more description? Was he solid-looking like us? Was he more of a light being? Did he have wings um, or anything else he, you can remember? Definitely. He was all human being. He... Uh, no wings that I seen. Um, his presence and the light that was with him is what really gave me the idea that uh, he was an angel. And by what his topic, his subject matter, was was also an indication that he was either an angel or a guide, a spirit guide type thing of some effect. It would be one or the other, but I really felt. And sometimes I can't really explain why, but the thought just comes, the thought of a word comes in my head. And I remember the thought of angel, you know, it wasn't something I had to contemplate or put any thought into angel. And I just, you just knew it. You just know it. And, and I've seen that with other people's experiences too. They just, you just suddenly know you're like, and, but he, yeah, he just, you know, he was a very average uh, person, and it was all about my comfort in my mind. Um, I plant many evergreen trees every year. I plant some in the spring, and I plant some in the fall. I'm just an evergreen tree fanatic. And he, or God, Jesus, however it was all facilitated, knew that I really loved evergreen trees, and behind him was this huge evergreen tree. And his image and appearance was as such that uh, was very welcoming, warming, comforting, all the above words, mm. you know. And and maybe what I, I don't think I would have had fear. I mean, earlier in the out-of-body experience, I had a, you know, I was dealing with the, the dark side. So 
anything lighter than that would would have been an improvement. But yeah, the environment was made for me to feel comfortable. There was no doubt about that. Right. Do you feel like this experience as a memory is fading or it doesn't go away? The main details, which I said, are what's burned in my memory. Um, I journaled this when it happened, and it's been some time ago already. I would, I could go, I didn't actually go back and look at the date per se, but this happened a long time ago. I did not reread through anything to refamiliarize myself with it before we started this conversation. Everything I just told you just came off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. And that's what's, that's what's in there. I won't forget that memory till the day I die. Mm-hmm. And I won't forget it after that either. Mm. Do you feel like you are spiritually transformed from this experience in any way? The idea of being uplifted into a an essence of divine. Um, like I say, I had had other experiences in the past, um, but more recently, more divine experiences, more heavenly experiences than I had in the past. And so whether this instigated or was the beginning of that, I don't honestly know. But I can say that in the last year, there is a much stronger heavenly presence on earth. And I would say even in the last six months, a lot stronger heavenly divine presence now than I can ever, I, I never knew any other before that, you know. And whether it's me evolving or is it something greater happening right now in the universe? What do you think's going on that's causing that? Well, I I think, and again, that's another topic, but I'm certainly glad to touch base on it. Um, since uh, about the spring of 2018, I have been receiving messages and I, I call the messages heavenly, uh, messages from heaven, because they always have a heavenly type topic. You know, they're no more than maybe a sentence in most cases, sometimes one word. And I had the words come to me. It was uh, last October. I'm not going to take the time to dig into my files to look at the exact date, but I think it was in October. I had a message that said, uh, this is the first day of the second coming of Jesus Christ. And that was in October of 2020. And since then, I've had several messages that correlate and add to that message. And it probably was about less than a month ago, probably about a month ago, the message I received. And it was something to the fact, I am the Lord God. This is my son. And I feel that, and, and some people feel that maybe all these messages are just for yourself. Maybe. Maybe they are. I don't I don't know. And I hate to say it anyway, but I really in my heart I feel 
the messages that I hear are for everybody. And I think we're in the period of of uh, the the final period, so to speak. And and I think at this point, as of just recently, uh, God has reintroduced Jesus to the earth and and things are moving in a certain direction now and it's it's a controlled direction it we're always going to be surprised when the day of the time comes that's how it says in the bible everybody's going to be shopping and working and and playing and doing what they do whammo and but there's a sense of that time it's much closer than it ever has been in the last 2,000 years. Hmm. That's just my opinion. So I'm not, <laughs> you know, that's just my opinion. And, uh, and based on my feelings and impressions of some of the messages I receive. So would you consider this a spiritual or a religious experience? I would consider this a spiritual experience. Um, I do not use the word religion really in anything I do. Um, I, I work with a lot of clients and, and religion, the term and the experience is a frustration barrier for some people. And uh, so I encourage people to have a, a, a more of a, a relationship directly with Jesus and with God and versus, you know, I just tell them to, you know, like Moses, clearing the waters and, and, and creating a path. And I say, all right, tonight you go to bed and you, you do the Moses thing and you clear the water and see Jesus standing there staring back at you. And all that water is all the mess of life that we've lived through, right? And I say, see Jesus, he's standing on the other side of the river there. And he's looking at you and he's waiting for you to make contact. I said, tonight when you go to bed, you wave over there and you say, hello, Jesus, I'm right here and I am looking for you and start right there. And, and, and that, you know, you can call it spirituality. Um, I, I sometimes I use the word Christianity a lot more. I, I very rarely use the word religious, so I wouldn't say religious. Mm-hmm. Christian, maybe. What makes you think that the demon became the flies that was, you know, attacking your face or in your face. I've had a, I, I've read about other people's experiences where uh, an abundance of flies. And I mean, it's been in a movie or two as well, but movies aside, I've read per, people's personal experiences and we have been on location at places where we are, absolute without doubt we know there is a demonic presence and we've come across those flies mm. in those locations mm. and so I, I i do associate not all flies mm. you know i don't want to give flies a bad rap mm. but uh in in a certain incidence when it occurs to you and there's a feeling attached to it a dark more of a darker feeling to it like I say, suddenly I just had this incredible urge that I had to flip on the light mm-hmm. because I didn't trust that the light of Jesus was enough. Mm-hmm. I got to turn on a, 
a human light. You know, I got, you know, I just, I have to see, I can't be in the darkness. And so I, I felt the darkness. I felt the urge to, I had to get rid of it. And I, I didn't trust that it would just, I didn't do what I should have probably, but I learned a lot. And, and so I associate a dark energy when you have those feelings mixed in. Like I say, I, I truly am one, you know, I've been a paranormal investigator for about nine years now. And, and I don't just see an orb and be like, oh, that orb is a spirit or that fly is a darkness or this, this, you know, I need to see multiple types of evidence come together to help prove something. And even then, sometimes we don't necessarily know. All right. I'm going to switch gears on you here. In the beginning, I said you are the founder of Search for Spirits, Paranormal Investigation and Healing Team. Can you tell me what you do with that? Absolutely. Uh, Our team is uh, really, we have a lot of home and business clients. Uh, We kind of specialize in helping homes and businesses have an environment in their homes or businesses where they can they can be in peace and not be in constant fear and we really want to help people the best we can but you know what i really want to help spirits as well because spirits are very much human just without a body but otherwise they're they still have if they haven't crossed over they still have attached emotions and 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 issues and different things and they need to be treated with respect. But the bottom line is, and th- again, this is me, there's a lot of politics in, in paranormal. But uh, I am one of those that really believes that um, spirits want, in many cases, or need uh, to be crossed into the light. Mm-hmm. And a couple of years ago, I was at an investigation, and I was... I always include some prayer and meditation at the investigations. And I received the meditation that said uh, a prayer, uh, a, a word from the divine, so to speak, that said, crossing them is healing. And that's when I added the healing on the end. Crossing the spirits over and working with them is the healing portion. And I have to use some of the same empathy and emotions and and different things to work with the spirits to help them understand what's that the light is a positive thing for them as I would a human. Because mm-hmm. it really they're one and the same. Just one person I see, like you I see, but the next person I might not see, but they're still a human to me and they still need to go through the same process. Um and I, I have a lot of spirits that come to me with issues. And, uh, and I have a lot of humans that come to me with issues as well. But a spirit, uh, just one short story, I'll tell you, that'll kind of wrap it up for that question. Is uh, I was laying there in bed, and I had this vision, and it was uh, a man, and he was mistreating his daughter he was being quite quite uh physical with her 
and the mother was standing in the background and and she wasn't doing anything about it but whatever had happened i don't know what happened but a lot of the scenes that the spirits give me they'll give me either the reason why they didn't cross which is the imagery of a sin or or a fear of something they have to face or they'll show me how they died one or the other and in this case this man was showing me what his fears were why he didn't cross over and he didn't cross over because I th- I'm assuming this was the man that was the parent there and uh, so that was an assumption on my part it could have been any one of the three really but I'm like Okay, and I said, this is a very um, unfortunate um, event that occurred. I don't know how long it went on. And I'm just talking to him. I'm like, we have to be very open with God about this and, and get you some resolution. Because here you're sitting on earth. And he interrupts me and he says, it was bad. I'm like, I understand it. It was it appeared like it, it wasn't good, you know. It was it was a bad experience for this man, and and I don't know where it all ended up, but uh, I had to walk him through how he could hand this to God, and they need to hand it to God too, because they're not going to hide it from God, because God sees everything. So I said, you're not going to hide the details. You need to explain yourself to God and be fully open about it and fully repentant about it and let him know that you want him to take care of it because you want God to be your solution. You know, your resolution is only going to come through him one way or the other. And you can sit down here and hide on earth and be all mad and sad, frustrated, all these emotions, all these different spirits have down here. Eventually, we're all going to have to have resolution. (laughs) And why not sooner than later? Why sit on earth uh, as a spirit? And and so many of them come to me, and they'll show me, hey, I had this issue. Um, What do you think about it? What can we do? What should I say to God? You know? And... So I work with both, living and dead. When did you first start seeing spirits? I probably was about four years old, I think, when the first time. Um, and it might have been more of a, a child's over-sensationalizing the moment. But uh, I heard something outside, and I attached an emotion to it. I looked out the window and I saw a man on top of my neighbor's house (laughs) and it was at night. I mean, it was dark and I knew it wasn't my neighbor. And that is probably one of the first ones I remember, but a lot of it came in dreams and I didn't realize for many, many, many years that like I was just telling you, these little scenarios that I was seeing in my dreams were spirits showing me the last moments of their death 
or you know in most cases it was that it wasn't so much they weren't i didn't have any spirits coming to me all those years for help because i mean if they knew i could help i knew nothing about help until i was in my until i hit about 50 you know and uh but they were always showing me how they died and a lot of them were soldiers honestly for many years i thought it was just me and and i had lived multiple lives and so i kept seeing uh so to speak the the end of all these like different soldiers lives and uh a native uh, a young native boy showed me like his ending of his life and different things i'm like what 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 i don't know what all this is it doesn't mean anything to me and growing up i thought did i was I like other people in my life? I thought it was me. And then I got to about 50 and I re- really picked up the pace with this probably when I was about 50. And uh, I already had been investigating for a couple of years. But that's when my faith started transitioning so much more stronger because of the investigating. They just the two just kind of came together like a uh, like a stream, you know, and uh I started realizing through, oh, wait, looking back, this is totally, this is what's going on. I'm seeing spirits' lives, and I had been dating back to when I was a, I wouldn't say a toddler. I see some I remember probably was eight, nine, ten years old. Well, you are a fellow YouTuber. Yes. So what is your YouTube channel? My YouTube channel, um, I have two and the YouTube and the actual websites are titled the same. Mm-hmm. It's search the number four spirits, all one word, mm. and and not written out. The four isn't written out. It's an actual like number four. Mm. So search four spirits, and the other one is search the number four heaven, all one word. Mm. And uh, if you get into any one of them. You know, there's enough links and stuff, but we probably have 60-some videos from the Search for Spirits on YouTube and maybe about a half dozen Search for Heaven. Um, Like I say, the Search for Spirits has been around for quite a few years. And the Search for Heaven, the sister, um, has only been around uh, about six, eight months. So that is what I... It's kind of my new adventure, my new venture, uh, my new status as a tool from Christ. And I mean, he's kind of guiding me a little bit. And I'm just putting stuff on this website that makes sense. People want to know how to get to heaven, maybe, you know. And I'm like, somebody needs to show them. <laughs> right. Are you on Facebook? And if so, if someone wants to reach out and find you, how do they do that? Yes, I am on Facebook. I do have a page, a search for spirits page, but it I put most of the stuff on my Rust Victorian page now um, because not only was it a little bit more complicated for me, it seemed like it was complicated for other people to try to want to go to both sites. And uh, so most stuff just goes on the Rust Victorian page on Facebook. So if you just look that up, uh, you'll find me. There are some other Russell Victorians out of the world, but Russ Victorian, and you'll immediately know you're on the right one when you see uh, some 
spirit-related material. I have one of my business cards right on the, the page. So you'll be able to tell when you're on the right page. Before we wrap it up here, do you have one last message that you'd like to share the audience? Well, I, I certainly do. I, I feel that, uh, as you know, I, I mentioned kind of throughout this that uh, I feel that I am a Christian. And I had a man talk to me once. He said, you know, maybe this all happens just because you're thinking about it all the time. And, you know, and the guy has a good point. Maybe everything I see and hear happens because this is what I think about all the time. And there's, you know, different people who have done large articles on the fact that you die and you just, you relate to what's familiar, what you put all your time and energy into. And that's what you see. And that's fine and dandy. I'm okay with that thought process. But the other part about it is I have experienced so many personal personal miracles where I've gone into complete strangers' homes and worked with them and seen the miracle occur. And they've seen it. Not just me. It's not just me. It's members of my team. It's members of families and business owners I've worked with over the years over and over and over, where we utilize the Holy Trinity in the name of Jesus Christ to help these people. And it works over and over and over. And and, and that has built my faith up so high, and, and it can build up everybody else's too, per se. Um, I understand. I have plenty of family members and, and friends, different things that, they they maybe don't even I, I have some that don't even believe in God. That's fine. That's fine. But I, I tell you that if you know me at all, I'm not I'm not joking, I'm not lying, I'm not stretching the truth. This is a serious business. Uh our team is a healing team. Uh, the investigation is just we do just enough investigation sometimes to, to just get the information we need to make it a positive experience for both the spirits and the family. That's why we investigate. But it's all about the healing, helping others, whether they're living or dead, just helping them out, both of them. All right, Russ, thank you for that message. And thank you for joining me and sharing some of your stories with us. Absolutely. I had a great time. I mean, I mentioned right off the bat, I said we could get going. We could probably talk for about 36 hours straight. Yeah. That would be silly. I don't think anybody want to listen to us for that long. But I thank everybody for taking the opportunity to listen. I absolutely thank you for uh, making contact. And uh, I appreciate it all. And I wish you good success. I wish you the same. And have a great evening. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara Podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.